You're listening to Common Ride With Me, a podcast about stun-filled shows full of heroes. I'm James Dorrington, and I'm your expert. And I'm James Baker. I'm your newcomer. This week, we looked at Shin Godzilla. Hen. Shin. And we are back from the just unanimous praise that we received uh, for ending our uh, last episode on jerking off a cow. <laughs> and um, yeah, what better way to start than to just close that loop? But what have you been doing in this past week, James? I mean, it's awesome to hear that our listen spiked after that outrageous statement you made at the end of the last pod. If you haven't checked it out, you got to go back and listen to the end of the last pod. We just had like an ejaculation of support. <laughs> But yeah, um, I'm still circling the old HBO archive and stumbled across The Leftovers. Um, I was a huge fan of the uh, the Watchmen series that ended last year, and I saw that they're not coming back for a season two, which was an awesome idea. Uh, pretty much like retiring right here on top. But uh, Damon Lindelof is a guy that I adore, and uh, this is a series that he came out with a couple of years ago that I never really got into. I think I watched the first two episodes ori- originally and I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And I realized that's how he tells his stories to keep you along. So um, I'm watching The Leftovers for the first time. They should just do a second season of Watchmen, but give it to somebody like super left field, like David Lynch. Like David Lynch's season two of The Watchmen would be amazing like as like a troll and like a, like a like continuation, I think. I think that's the reason why Damon Lindelof is not doing it because it was a lot of backlash from this season, even though it's pretty solid. But a lot of fans that are hardcore fans of their original source material are like, oh, this is sacred text. Never text. Never touch it. Um, What are you doing with this? And um, I think that's one reason why he's not doing a season two. But another reason is that the first graphic novel ended on a cliffhanger like that and never came back. So I think that's how he's doing it as well he's he made the buzzer beater shot and he's not coming back for another game sometimes um when i am like looking to write but like i don't want to write instead like i imagine uh, what i would say when i'm being interviewed for my writing uh so uh, one thing that i always say when you adapt something um that is like the word of god like whatever you're like adapting and you're just the pope like anything you say is going to be completely like looked at and scorned and just like combed over compared to like what like what the purity that like both like the past and people's perceptions and their reading into that like original work is like if you ever have anybody like just look at Star Wars there were things that people read into it that got confirmed and people were mad about that because it took away like reading even like for people that like like even like completely like agreed with what was put on like put on like the film mm-hmm. so it's just it's really dan if you do unless you can really make a uh, very interesting take and um, i have not looked at watchmen but it sounds like they just went like went weird with it at times too yeah and i feel like it was the only way to do a successful watchman series and 
um, I'm kind of getting tired of directors playing it safe. <laughs> like, take risk and just deal with the backlash if it doesn't work out. And that's exactly what Damon Lindelof did with this series, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and um, at a certain point, like, we can't leave everything in a state where it's perfect to be continued till it's, like, has, like, no meaning left and has, like, no juice left. Sometimes you just need to let something die or just be left alone. Yeah, look at, look at Star Wars. I mean... Look at Star Wars, yeah. Rise of Skywalker pretty much played it safe and still got backlash for playing it safe. Take risk. It's like you can't win when you're trying to, like, milk as much money of out of, you know, the first original episode or... Yeah, first original episodes. You're going to get, get some heat from yeah. trying to milk it as a cash grab. You know what I mean? So um, why not take a risk while you're doing it instead of playing safe? And I think that's why a lot of people enjoy Last Jedi more than the other films because it was willing to take risk. And now that I say it out loud, I, I guess I should go back and watch it. That's what I feel like the whole time. Like, I didn't like Last Jedi, but like, you've heard me say even that part of the reason like I don't like Last Jedi is because like I like the grand master jedi like luke skywalker that like i've like Mm -hmm. pretended ever since i like saw like return of the jedi and like that's the part of me that can like agree and part of me just might have not liked the movie but i think it's interesting like i would have honestly loved what if they just said okay um there's no star wars for, for like 15 more years besides like this weird like trilogy somewhere else and um then we're just gonna release episode 10 and they never did episode 9 you know how fucking rip shit people would be yeah you gotta conclude it (laughs) no i'm saying if they never did episode nine like if they just said okay like we've seen this future episode nine didn't work we're just never gonna like release it and go straight to episode 10 that would be so like honestly that would do so much for like the mystique of the franchise they're like yeah there's just one like chapter that you're never gonna see yeah (laughs) deal with it that'd be wild but wouldn't that still be episode nine whenever they come back or would they just step away from the whole Skywalker series and just call us? No, they just say like the next episode is episode 10. (laughs) That's a good way to piss piss fans off. People would love that shit. People would eat it up. If you just didn't release episode, you know what happened? There'd be a lot of like fan movies coming out of nowhere. Like this is what happened. It would totally reinvigorate the franchise. If they just said, Hey, or like next time, if they're like, Here's episode 11. And you're like, oh, wait, word? Really? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Like, yeah, okay. we don't know what, what happened right after eight yet. So we're just going to take a break and come back to it. <laughs> or like, it's like um, one of those books where like each chapter is written by like a different person. And the rules are like, at the end of your chapter, uh, they need to fall through a portal. One book was um, written by uh, one Dan Reichert, who is currently working for wwe but used to work in games and um he had this beef with jose canseco where um he was just constantly trying to make him mad so um he released this book where like the premise was that there was this character called famous baseball player who um had a really small penis who got into trouble by being a famous baseball player with a really small penis and then at the end of his chapter he fell through a portal so it had like 12 chapters, each written by, like, a different person. What if we got that Star Wars movie? <laughs> it was, like, every scene was just a different director. I mean, we kind of did get that with uh, this last trilogy. You had J.J. Abrams that was, like, Ray parents are this mysterious 
group of uh, you know parents, and then we have uh, Ryan Johnson. Like her parents don't mean anything. <laughs> then they had the other guy that was going to have his chance to put his two cents in, but he got kicked out, and they brought back JJ Abrams. You should for your other podcast, uh, which is um, Pop Cult Net. You, you can find it wherever podcasts are sold. Uh, <laughs> you should totally look at Book of Henry. It was the movie that made that last guy lose his chance to make Star Wars. Oh, shit. It was that it's bad? It's so bad. Yeah. Damn. I can't even tell you. Like, the last time I tried to explain, like, a bad movie to you, you thought I was joking. And the funny thing about that is, like, his script is now being leaked online, and you can see, like, his vision. And everybody was like, oh, they should let him have his chance to do it. And it probably would have turned out to be absolute shit. <laughs> yeah but you know it's just it's just a good way to get the the fans divided again good old good times being a star wars fan. i remember being at like my first convention in like 2009 2008 getting a pamphlet for like a fan rewrite of the like original trilogy like what part of this yeah like it was like a whole like each week there'd be like a new page put out with a like fan illustration that was meant to connect the plot points to connect to the original trilogy but like a new prequel like that it was like wild it was like just a massive there was something like 400 chapters by the time like i looked at it it was really weird like a massive like thing Hmm. i don't know what it's called but (laughs) um i think that star wars should stop uh they're not have you heard about what they're doing for their next movies yeah, what is it, like, 400 years before uh, Rogue One? Oh, have you not heard about, like, the plot of it that leaked? No, I didn't I didn't read any plot leaks. Uh, there meant to be a series of, like, uh, movies set in this era 400 years before, like, Rogue One, um, called the High Republic era. High so Republic? Basically, fine, that's, like, a lame, like, funny name for, like, weed or whatever, but um, a group of Jedis go on adventures and fight Sith gods, and it's meant to be more like the Marvel movies, where like they can keep continuing without like a set amount of movies or like set arc. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> hmm. That oh, sounds like absolute horseshit, right? Yeah. Oh man. I hope that with their Disney Plus shows, they just like say like, okay, we did like the archetype of the bounty hunter, then we're doing the archetype of the Jedi with Obi Wan, like. What if we just got like each of the main like character types that were introduced? Like it's like here's one that's about somebody who's like the politician, the stand-in for like Princess Leia, and this is like what her eight episodes of like the West Wing but Star Wars is. Hmm. That sounds interesting. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Especially after watching the Clone Wars. They have a lot of characters that they could like fuck with on Disney Plus that would probably do really good over there that can't really make it on the big screen. So this is their chance to pretty much uh, make their uh, the content that they really want to make. But uh, what have you been watching? Um, I've been watching um, Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans. So I never watched this one. How is it? So my relationship with Gundam is that I watched the one on Toonami, like mm-hmm. Gundam Wing back in the day. Same. And it, I liked it. And like it felt mature and adult, but also it's been like years now. Um, that was like late nineties, maybe like I was like a young kid when that happened. And then there's like knowing that there's model kits and seeing designs and like some stuff, but 
my understanding of Gundam was always that it was like meant to be like a rumination on like war and politics through like different aspects of the series. And um, so this is like one of the standalone arcs, this thing. Mm-hmm. So it's um, it's basically like, what if there were kids that like were just kind of sold in like into like servitude and done like surgeries that make them able to connect with like machines to be better soldiers like it's like half of people die when they have this thing like plugged the plugged to their spine but half don't like control machines like without like without years of training kind of thing kind of sounds and like they're like great yeah genesis evangelion a little bit <laughs> yeah no this uh feels like a show uh from somebody who um who isn't making up what they're doing as they're doing it so is this like, your no favorite offense. take on Gundam or uh, it's the only one I really know Okay, it's very good Um, it's very good uh, this is the first Gundam I've seen since Wing or like as an adult mm-hmm. it's very interesting it's definitely um, it's definitely looking at like what seems like a real political situation and trying to do it honestly it's still like very shown in the times and like might might miss some beats but like it's just a very solid anime if you want to like look at a perspective on like war and politics that isn't that immature i guess but it's did you uh it's fun did you send a tweet out about this in the last few weeks or because i saw it on my timeline (laughs) maybe somebody else is watching it too so i'll add it to the list yeah it's like a two seasons and it's like one of those franchises that's like so hard to get into i think because like the main universe the universal century canon has like seven shows and nine movies and is like way too much to like even touch sometimes but mm-hmm. like if you want to know if you like Gundam you can watch uh, the first like episode or two of this I'll definitely check it out but um speaking of uh Evangelion we are actually this week looking at Shin Godzilla which is made by Hideki Anno who made Dion Genesis Evangelion so we should go over to that Hey everyone, just a quick note. First off, this song is called Adventures in Godzilla-delphia. SKGB is going to be used for some transitions from now on. For next time, we are going to look at episodes 18 through 20 of Rider Zero One. So, uh, James, what do you think about Shin Godzilla? Well, I thought this um, felt like somebody who knew what they were trying to say and what they were trying to do that had made a previously well-regarded, if very weird, show. It's hard to not think of Evangelion and Shin Godzilla in concert, mm-hmm. but this like this just feels like like a not harried, a not panicked version of that, and it's like very good. Like I love. This. Yeah, and I think he was the best person to do a, a take on Godzilla. Because even in this film, he felt like an Ava, didn't he? He had an Ava feel to me. Like, I'm new to Neon Genesis Evangelion. Um, I fucking love it. It kind of sparked my <laughs> obsession with Pops. Uh, I've been avoiding these little merchant pieces of merchandise for years now. And I'm on Amazon, and I see that they're about to release this, these takes or these Pops for Neon Genesis Evangelion. Shinji Akari, Ray, Asaka. I'm a huge fan. And just watching this coming straight out of Evangelion, 
he reminds me of Ava. Like that's just what he reminds me of. The only thing that that that's missing is uh, you know, these guys coming out to fight him. I think that this just feels like a good Japanese Godzilla movie. Like the like this feels like getting back to the heart of like what Godzilla like originally was. I'm definitely like one of those people in the camp that like there's definitely a cultural barrier that I believe is the reason there hasn't been a good a good American Godzilla movie. Um and like there's some debate there on like what's good and what's not, but uh like um for me like having Godzilla be like this big vengeful god creature that can't be defeated by like conventional means just feels like it's honestly looking at like terror that like you have to fear as like to feel as like a country that like was kind of like birthed into like the modern society with the massive destruction of world war ii and like nuclear war like you can like both in like the like original 1954 movie and this there is just a sheer like terror beyond measure for Godzilla that like I think is very important and like is good like to recalibrate what this figure was like originally meant to mean like as much as they might be kind of like watered down and like our modern understanding you know mm-hmm. yeah I'm more familiar with the the U.S. takes on Godzilla and after watching Shin Godzilla I would say this is my favorite Godzilla film um just the scale alone. He felt so huge in this movie. Like the last movie that came out uh, in America didn't do a really good King job of with Monsters. that. Yeah. yeah, King of Monsters. They did a decent job. It was just so close up to him. It felt gigantic. But this is like wide shots. They had some really cool aerial shots. And there was this one shot in the film when it's like from a car's perspective. And it shows you just how giant Godzilla is. And that alone really sold it for me um i like this take on godzilla that he's more of a natural disaster than just a monster um and he just wrecks havoc on japan and this was a good display of his powers uh his intelligence um and it just showed that he's just not some big creature he's godzilla (laughs) you know what i mean and another thing that i really enjoyed about this film is that it showed his metamorphosis like this motherfucker was Frieza. <laughs> they was like, uh, he just hit his fourth form. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? So, I mean, this is probably one of the most original ideas of Godzilla. Uh, I did a little bit of research and I saw that it won movie of the year in Japan. Just, okay. just by, you know, actually showing like the devastation of, I guess, a big tsunami hit there, um, earthquake. And it showed how politicians kind of handle business behind the curtains. And it displayed how submissive that Japan is towards the United States. Like once they said, oh, we're going to nuke it. They're like, okay, yes, we'll do it. You know what I mean? It kind of showed how submissive they are to the United States. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people in Japan feel the same way as well. But overall, an amazing film. Uh, I've been recommending this to all of my friends. Some have seen it, some have not. But uh, the only thing that I didn't like about it is, I mean, this is pretty much what every guy's like, mm-hmm. uh, movie is that the characters suck. <laughs> I you don't watch a Godzilla agree. movie for the characters, but I would say the characters suck in this movie. I partially agree, but I'd say I mostly do disagree with that statement. I think that the only character I didn't like was the girl that was like, I'm like super American and then like had the heaviest accent of 
anybody <laughs> who wasn't a native English speaker speaking like and it's just like just you want to have like a very western girl who like has certain like hotness or like or like certain like sentiments but she's also like super like saying stuff like I don't want this to happen to my grandmother's country and like she's like super into like like into like the political identity of Japan and bad at speaking English like well, she wanted, her, she wanted to be yeah. the president of the United States. I mean, I feel like of all the characters, she's probably the most developed. Oh, I she mean, was super weak. They they spent no time with the prime minister. They spent no time with the guy that was pretty much calling the shots. Like, I don't even know their motives besides trying to save their country. And there are so many characters introduced in this film that I can't even remember their names. Like, once the movie was over, I didn't remember anybody's name at all. <laughs> so... That's how I know characters suck. <laughs> no, um, like you don't have to like remember a character for them to be important. Like, I, I so. loved how like this movie just went and showed like the levels of like bureaucracy and like it's like partially like what the movie was going for. I think that you don't have to know people's names. Like, and they could like go back and be like, oh, there's that guy that died at the beginning, like Goromaki, who like left them notes and shit but no like for the most part i think what was important was that you see stuff like here's this like super indecisive like prime minister here's this um young politician who's bad at playing politics but can like get shit done like here's like his staff like i liked um that this was much more about um here's a message for what politically japan can do that isn't about military might or fascism it's about kind of like if we can like combine and get rid of like our reliance on like red tape, our reliance on like other nations. And if we can like do this, we can deal with what the world throws at us, both like with like natural disasters and with like more issues. Like we can deal with our like economy being like partially destroyed and that kind of stuff. Like it like felt like very much like it's it just like uh, to see a movie that is trying to make a case for major upheaval of a like nation and how it runs that isn't also like appealing for like fascism is just nice for me because <laughs> like it's like weird when you see lots of movies that are like yeah we should be more of like a military power and we should be like more fascist but, like this like this actually felt like a considered look at what are the like ways that we are avoiding responsibility for ourselves and like let's give this like massive threat and try and like show how we could potentially have that responsibility, which is it felt like important to me that like there were lots of people that like could have been anyone that were like adding to that like more like cultural story, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah, all of that is really good, but I still stand by my take that these characters suck. I mean, for me to really get engaged with the film, I mean you have to go, I wouldn't say you have to be a Kira Kurosawa, but what he does great is like shows you pretty much the bottom. They could have had like a character that was actually going through all these tra- tragedies instead of being stuck in all these boardrooms the whole time. But I know that's the feel they wanted to go for the film. But I feel like it would have been more engaging if we were like on the ground seeing all this shit this shit happen from a person's point of view versus just, you know, wide shots of like groups of people. It would have probably hit more home if I'm like, oh shit, this shit is really going down down here. And then to actually maybe focus on the prime minister's struggles with actually doing the right thing and, you know, trying to get his country um, under control. But, uh, I mean, it was a really good film. I just wasn't feeling the characters. I'm not, I'm not shitting on Shin Godzilla. It's probably my favorite Godzilla film, but I just think the characters don't really matter. 
I think it's more about the message. And yeah, that's that's okay. I definitely think that if you had gone for like a here's a great person, here's like the prime minister or like president or whatever who like leads us through this, that would have undercut the actual like political messaging it was going for. And like I could see why like the way it wanted to do characters and like its view on like what the political and personal was wasn't like your like wasn't your favorite. But uh, like yeah, like I um really like something I hate with so far at least portrayals of Godzilla in like American movies is there's this sense that like there's this real insecurity where like we have to like show that Godzilla isn't scary or isn't something that we can't control or handle. Like if it goes from killing Godzilla in 1998 with like two missiles to like Godzilla in the 2014 movie, like doing his best not to hit any like boats while like going into like San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just like, no, Godzilla doesn't give a fuck and (laughs) your military, no matter what you do, isn't like enough. Exactly. He's a force of nature, you know? And And, like, that's what's missing from a lot of like non-Japanese like portrayals of him. Yeah. And that's exactly what this movie captured that I appreciated was like showing that this is why he's Godzilla. Like nobody could fucking stop him unless you freeze this motherfucker (laughs) in place. That's the only way he's going to stop. And, um, he didn't really have a motive. Usually in some Godzilla movies that are American, he has a motive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or he's this being that's controlled and comes to save the day. But in this one, he's just, he needs to be stopped. And that's why I appreciate it so much. The most recent one, um, King of Monsters, was my least favorite because like there was no weight to anything and like, and like everything just felt like a big CGI mess. But also, um, you had stuff like, uh, this like pissed me off so much that at the end, like they found out, oh, giant monsters are actually fixing the planet and like <laughs> yeah. they're reversing climate change. It's like, no, you literally have missed the point like so yeah. far that like you made a parody. If you think like you could do a movie about like the nuclear monster who is meant to redevastate Japan and like in his first like form like in the 50s and like 60s like be the embodiment of that terror and have him be like oh he's making like coral reefs come back yeah it ended up being like a commentary on like trying to save the world and i think the the antagonist in that film the lady was like a version of thanos was like no all these motherfuckers need to die (laughs) and then like her daughter found out was like how could you like we need to save these people it's like yeah, it was all over the place with like torn between being a commentary on population control and a commentary on climate control. And then also trying to treat Godzilla like if they do show him as a monster, Peter's going to get after ass for <laughs> harming an animal. So it's kind of weird to state that we're in as a society because we have so many people that are afraid to be controversial. So they just end up playing it safe most of the time. Even in the 60s, like in like the very goofy like here's like a heroic Godzilla like movies in Japan like he wasn't a hero he didn't care about like the military like he didn't care about infrastructure like he didn't care about hurting like people's like feelings like he was still an asshole that like destroyed stuff just he also didn't like all these dang other monsters like on his lawn kind of situation like he was more crotchety but like in like the like most recent like legendary Godzilla movies he's like 
allied with humans and like wants to protect like humanity and help the environment. It's just like such a miss fundamentally on what the character is meant to be or like what like yeah. Uh but no, um this movie um one thing I love is how it just how it escalates. It goes from um we think that this like tunnel has flooded and there's like shots of people like oh like we're on this slide it's so much fun like as we're like (laughs) being evacuated to oh we are seeing like this whole town be destroyed to oh our country might be uninhabitable like it's like such a great just kind of mounting dread that Mm -hmm. comes from it and it's like just like wonderful i think one of my favorite character moments in this film that i did like was I believe it was the PM. I can't remember if it was him or not, but Godzilla was on the outskirts of Japan and he was like, as long as it doesn't get to Japan, we're okay. <laughs> like he didn't give a fuck about anything outside of Japan. And that kind of shows you, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, political figures are not in the interest of all their, their citizens, just the ones that matter the most. Like I'm pretty sure like on the outskirts of Japan, it's a bunch of farmers and, you know, people that are not really making a lot of money, but he's like, don't let it get to Japan. You know what I mean? I thought that was really- You mean Tokyo? Yeah, my my fault. Uh, Tokyo. <laughs> no problem, yeah. Like, and like, they mentioned like, oh, like 78% of like the gross national produce is here. So it like matters well. So yeah, like just, I like how this wasn't about like somebody conquering Godzilla or like mm-hmm. leading the country. It was much more about like, what is like the like way that our systems can change? and like work internationally which is just like very much like a cool message like for like a movie made in the wake of just a massive like tsunami and like i like seeing scenes of like here's like some scientists in like spain like saying oh we should work together to like help solve this problem this kind of stuff and i liked how it was a non-military solution like if let's just like pump him full of chemicals so he freezes that was pretty cool are they making a sequel to this so originally they were but actually this director is like doing the same thing for a different figure of like for a different Japanese, like from the sixties, like Tokyo figure. Um, the next movie is a Shin Ultraman actually, which okay. is meant to do this for Ultraman, which sounds cool as fuck. Honestly, I think I heard he did the live action, uh, attack on Titan film as well. He did. Oh yeah. Oh not 100% about that, but I do remember reading that uh, he did uh, the live action Attack on Titan film, which I've been avoiding, but after watching this, I kind of want to check it out now. Uh, I think you might be fine to avoid, honestly. <laughs> I've heard some things. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll stick to avoiding it. One thing else, um, I love, um, like, it's kind of like a, like, tradition at this point that, like, the military goes up against Godzilla and can't do shit, but I liked how, um, how much it seemed like completely like they set up like their walls and everything but then like you just see like their machine guns like falling off of his eyelids and like there's just like little sparks but he's not even like reacting to it or like their missile clouds are like oh like we're totally killing him so bad right now that's why like he's moving at the same speed as he's in a cloud of missiles Mm -hmm. without even like responding like i like the way that he just felt completely he could not be like affected by their efforts. Yeah, there's nothing that they could do. And even when they like brought in the drones, 
he used his little back laser attack and was just wiping them out like with ease. And then when they finally pissed what him off, of that scene that was just fucking like, destroyed the city. Amazing. I feel like I was watching an anime at sometimes, and you could definitely tell Hito definitely put his thoughts into how this creature known as Godzilla should fuck shit up. And they did a really good job. I mean, even the fire breathing attack when he unleashed it for the first time, it was legit nuclear. Like he fucking destroyed yeah. everything in the facility. And it was probably one of my favorite displays of the power of Godzilla. And if they ever were to make it, I know they're not going to do it right now, just to see him go against someone else. That'd, that'd be fucking sick. They don't stand a chance. Yeah. Like I like, once in a while, like I like do feel like they need to recalibrate the character of Godzilla by having just a movie that is just Godzilla terrorizes Japan. And this just like the way they were tracking it, like globally, the effects of him using his like breath one time and that kind of stuff. It was like, okay, this is the scale. This is the importance, which like, even if in like a later movie, it's just like him versus some bugs mm-hmm. and like, it's, like it, it will still matter more now that we've kind of had this like recalibration. Like even if it's not as like a not as devastating Godzilla, you know? Yeah, and uh, they already showed that he can't be tamed. Maybe he goes back in the ocean for a couple of years and then comes out because he thinks this thing is like on his territory. I don't know, but I definitely need a Shin Godzilla part two. <laughs> Probably not this Godzilla, but they'll have something in like a few years. I think that's like will be like another like world in the multiverse of Godzilla. But um what do you think of that ending actually where you zoom in on the tail and you see there's human bodies being birthed from the like tail of Godzilla? So is that what that is? I couldn't really tell what that was. It was human bodies. Godzilla kept like adapting to like his environment. Mm-hmm. And like I keep using he but we don't know like but um he um goes from this like in the water thing to this like amphibian to this like weird t-rex to like this very fucked up godzilla and like for a while like i remember um this movie's filming i feel like was so like hyped up like people posting shots of like rain and stuff happening on like the set and people being like oh he looks fucked up because he's like was in like a reactor explosion but he'll turn in to like a heroic Godzilla and like fight a monster later but um I like the final Godzilla design so much but um it's kind of implied that he was evolving after seeing the like the teamwork and the like cooperation of humanity Hmm. into his own humanity like the only thing he was lacking to survive now was community and governance and like that cooperation which that's scary as shit to see Godzilla like birthing a species yeah. from his tail. I have to rewatch that but like, or, yeah. or look it up on YouTube or something. I didn't even read that that way. That's interesting. And also like the implication that um that scientist that they find that like committed suicide in the boat. Cause like I like um it's implied that he took his shoes off and then drowned himself. Okay. It's implied that like his that he did that and that he is actually Godzilla. Like his body was part of the process or like his rage was part of the process. Like in some way, it's like hard to tell exactly, but just the like idea of Godzilla maybe being like a scientist mad that his wife died of cancer who then turned into his own species. That's fucking, (laughs) 
Yeah, I didn't even read it that way. I thought he just disappeared, but that makes sense, though. We don't know if the scientist is who became Godzilla or if he just knew Godzilla was happening from the waste and like the like weird microbes or whatever. But yeah, I really love this. It was just such a good way to look at the mythos and just the terror of like what this creature that's meant to like to represent like everything that we can't control, like the climate, like nuclear power and like what that looks like in the modern like. Yeah, now, like, I was anticipating <laughs> Godzilla versus King Kong, but I know it's not going to be anywhere as good as Shin Godzilla. I know that. I think that for there to be a, like, good U.S. Godzilla movie, somebody just needs to say, okay, the U.S. military isn't able to kill Godzilla, and I don't know if people could do that. No, nah, because we have the biggest, the bestest. It's security. Yeah, you can't let Godzilla show us up. Not going to happen. That's why, that's why, that's why they made Godzilla our bitch. You know what I mean? Like nobody beats the U.S. military <laughs> and it sucks. In the 2014 movie, there's this scene where like, he's like swimming. So he doesn't like bump into aircraft carriers. And I was just like, oh, what the, f- yeah. Are we this far gone? Yeah. And, like, like our love of the military. I wouldn't say I hate him, but like now I definitely look at him differently after seeing this take on Godzilla. But I've heard that uh, there's another one out there, uh, Godzilla 2000. I haven't seen that. I heard it was good. And uh, yeah, Godzilla 2000 was like the response to the uh, 1998 Godzilla with like Matthew Broderick and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard of how that Godzilla like actually got like brought back into the canon or no? Which one, the 2008 one or? I uh, know the um. 1998, like American Godzilla, like that New York, that one. Um, so that design that like gets killed by two missiles and like looks more like a lizard. Yeah. Um, the last movie that came out before Shin Godzilla came out in 2004 in Japan. It's called um, Godzilla Final Wars, and it was like a big like we have like every monster fighting and everything like movie. And um, in that one, aliens take over every monster, but Godzilla was trapped in ice. So humans like release him from the ice to kill all the other monsters. Hmm. So like he goes to like Australia and he fights um, the monster, which in that movie is called Zilla. And like he kills it in like one attack and like it's now a canon monster, but it's just like Zilla, not Godzilla that like one design from the 90s. So canon, is this like in a film or is this like some kind of comic or something? This happens in a film. Okay. Uh, but yeah. Um, most of the Godzilla movies are in their own canon, I think. Most of them. I'm not super sure. What do you think Like, um, you want to see next from Godzilla? Next? I mean, even yeah. though I'm kind of down in right now, I do want to see the, the new uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. Um, I, I thought King Kong Skull Island was pretty good. Um, I thought it had an okay ending. And uh, I'm kind of up for anything that involves, you know, like creature features like this. Um, I think it comes out towards the end of this year. And uh, I just want to see some awesome fight fight scenes. Um, less characters. <laughs> I hate when they try to bring characters into fucking Godzilla movies. Just show him wreck shit. That's all, that's all I came for. The kaiju. Yeah, I don't know if I have any energy for that Godzilla movie after that last one. But maybe. You, like you just reminded me it was this, this year. And I was just like, oh. Um, but no. Um, hopefully they can just uh, make it. I don't even know 
how King Kong is going to fight Godzilla. He's like a baby size. Well, I'm pretty uh, sure they're going to like sure. make him grow over time. I think. And have you seen Skull Island? Yeah, I have. Like he's like a teen, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what they're going to go with. This this years later, because I think uh, that was in like 1960s or 70s, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure like now as he's caught up to maybe close to the size of Godzilla, they're probably some. It's like set during Vietnam, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So he has some time no. to grow. No, what I want to see is um them do um Jet Jaguar. What? Have you, oh, um search uh Jet Jaguar. Jet. He's yeah. the best Godzilla. He's the best Godzilla character hands down. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Oh my this is horrible. Jet Jaguar was a <laughs> robot who was friends with a, a kid, so he turned into a giant robot to fight this monster. And then this like other monster came up, and they were both beating him up. So Godzilla showed up, and so then they called the they called that movie like Godzilla vs Megalon. But no, he's just this like very weird looking. <laughs> I was not expecting yeah. that. Do that. Show me that, and I'll believe you could make a good Godzilla movie. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so yeah, our thoughts are good movie, pretty solid. Some thoughts, some issues, but ultimately, um, strong. And for next time, um, we are going to be looking at uh, catching up on Kamen Rider Zero One, which I think right now is four episodes. Maybe we'll just do three episodes and like save that for next time so we're like caught up on the arc so we're not like on like a partway arc like last time but yeah <laughs> but no um so what do we tell them each time now james <laughs> don't say it. no uh we're not gonna do anything to the animals james not this time okay thank god we love them <laughs> uh, leave them alone we platonically love these animals <laughs> Okay. <laughs> watch, uh, watch Power Rangers do crimes. Watch Power Rangers do crimes. Yeah, we're not gonna have any. I, I thought it was watch Kamen Rider do crime. Uh huh. Oh yeah, we do like watch like Kamen Rider and embezzle for next time. You can find me uh, on Twitter.com at James Ford, and you can find the podcast at Kamen Rider with Me at Kamen Rider with Me com, and you can email at podcast at Kamen Rider with Me. You can find me at Popcornet on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Until next time. Until next time.